Hello, I'm Michelle. And I'm Laura. And this is the Pair Entrepreneurs Club podcast, a weekly show to help you navigate the demands of being a working parent. We will share lots of practical ideas, hints and tips, and our own and others' experiences in juggling work, family, health and finances. Above all, we want to help you find your purpose, define your identity and banish any confidence gremlins that might be holding you back from the life you dream of. No matter whether you have children or not, there will be something here for you. Let's get started. So uh, with me today, I have Will Polston. Um, I'm really, really excited uh, for this interview today. Um, and thank you so much for joining me. So for anyone who doesn't know Will Polston, he is a best-selling author, entrepreneur, and one of the UK's leading business strategists and performance coaches. Um, so I have so many questions for you, but I'll let you start, Will, by just introducing a little bit about yourself and what you do, if you don't mind. Absolutely. Well, th- first of all, Laura, thank you very much for having me. And uh, yeah, I think the the introduction you just gave kind of summarizes it. But yeah, in, in a nutshell, um, everything that I do revolves around my mission, which is to empower people to transform excuses into results uh, and live a life that they love. I love that. And I was listening to your TEDx talk um, and one congratulations on, on doing that. Um, and you, t- you told a really powerful story in there. And I just wonder if you just kind of uh, just tell our listeners a little bit about how you came to be a coach and, and your story and you know, what that meant to you, what your personal drivers are. Yeah, sure. So the the, the backstory um, is that I, I grew up with a belief that money equaled happiness. So I went on a tangent to make as much money as I could, as early as I could, become quite good at that. And uh, um, where, where that really, really came about was, um, was, was growing up with this belief that money equaled happiness. So I remember um, my, my dad hated his job. So he used to leave the house at five o'clock in the morning, get home at seven, eight o'clock at night, and he'd bring the stress and the frustration of work home with him. And he, he there was so much of that. It was to the point where I could remember growing up, I could physically feel the tension. I mean, I don't know if you or any of the listeners can resonate with this. When someone's so stressed, you can feel this like kind of tension in, 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 in and around them. And um, anyway, long story short, one day I come home from, from school and my dad had quit his job to set up a business with one of my uncles. And I've got two very wealthy uncles. Um, one's a billionaire, the other one's a multimillionaire. And dad always used to say they just got lucky. That was his excuse. They just got lucky. And, um, and, and yeah, he was gonna set up this business. But um, after a couple of months, I realized that kind of that wasn't going to be happening. And I, I started noticing certain things. And what I realized was that my dad, um, he wasn't leaving the house and sleeping in separate rooms my mum curtains shut all day and basically what we would look back now and, and and say well he was depressed that was kind of how we would we'd view it uh, but all I did was kind of connect the dots because I looked at Uncle Mark he was a billionaire he was really happy Uncle Steve he was a multi-millionaire he was really happy there was dad when he worked in London yeah he was stressed and frustrated but at least he was making money and then there's now he's not making money so for me it was obvious money equaled happiness so I went off on that tangent as I said before and become quite good at that. At 18, I stumbled across personal development. And the more personal development I did, the more money I made. And that carried on for some years. And then I had this um, this big realization 10 years ago this year, actually, where 
I call it my lightning moment and I cried my eyes out for about 15 minutes because in that moment I realized that my real driver was nothing to do with money. It was never really about money. What it was really about was my dad and how my dad hadn't achieved certain things he was capable of and the impact that had on him and my mum and me and my family and a whole host of other people. And I vowed in that moment I don't want anyone else to go through the suffering that he went through and we went through. Um, from that moment on, I've just been obsessed with anything to do with human awareness, human potential, human behavior. And um, and yeah, that's that's kind of the, the backstory, really. Yeah, I, I mean, I find that so moving and I completely relate to that where people uh, you can feel the tension that's um, being given off by other people when they're stressed and anxious. Um I was really interested as well because you um, you have pictures on your website of Anthony Robbins. Um, my dad actually went on a Tony Robbins course when I was nine. And it's kind of one of the key moments of my life that I remember the transition, seeing my dad, um, who was pretty broken in business at that point, and how he transformed his life and my life, really, from going on that course. And I'm interested to know your perspective on Tony Robbins and how, how that's transformed what you do. Yeah, sure. So um, I, I said 10 years ago, I had that big realization that was at one of Tony's events. So it was at Tony's events that I had the big realization and it, it, and it acted as that catalyst to create that change for me. Um, so yeah, that's it, it, it's been huge. And he's this, he's been a big inspiration for so many reasons. Um, but yeah, that's that specific moment, um, which I, I remember very vividly. Um, was where he used the past so that his his experience to be the catalyst for the future um rather than sort of being a rather than being a, a victim of his past you know he was able to, to to make a conscious decision and and change his future as a result of that because the, the past um doesn't equal the future unless you live there so whatever's happened you can change um and uh and, and whilst there's nothing in life that we can go back and change anything from the past what we can do is change the meaning that we give it and therefore that then can switch it from being a, a destructive fuel um to a a constructive fuel yeah absolutely and I've always um, kind of remembered those lessons that my dad learned on that course. And I actually recorded a podcast not that long ago about the drama triangle and saying that, you know, there are so many people who fall into that victim state. And exactly as you said um, like with your dad, of it's the excuses that people make. Um, mm. And I think it's, it can sometimes be a controversial topic. Um, but for me, it's something I passionately believe in, in that you have a choice on whether you do something or you don't and whether you're a victim or you're not. Yeah, I think um, it, it's, it, it gets difficult for people when I think they don't truly understand the concept of what it's about. So this is, for, for me, like the, the, the you take the drama triangle, for example, or like in, and people say, well, I'm the victim. And people can get caught in this, this vicious circle of being the victim. It's not about acknowledging that other people haven't done certain things but it is about taking responsibility. So I talk in my book about the difference between fault and responsibility. Something cannot be your fault, but it is your responsibility. And anything that happens in our life is always our responsibility because it's our ability to respond to any given set of circumstances or events. That what, that's what really makes the difference. So it's not about what's happened but it's about what we, how we think about it and what we do about it.
moving forward. Yeah, yeah. And you've touched on it there, and I wanted to ask you about your book because um, I know you just had that released this year. Um, so it's North Star Thinking, uh, Master Your Mindset and Live a Life You Love. It um, is, yeah. Yeah, so I've not had a chance to read it yet, but it is on my um, top list of, uh, of books to read. I've got a stack behind me, as you can probably see. Um, but yeah, can you sort of tell us a little bit about um, what's in that book? And um, we'll put link, a link to it for listeners, um, obviously. In yeah, the so the, the, the main concept of it, North Star Thinking, is, is about getting people to um, basically live a life they love. And one of the core principles in the book is about having a goal in life that's that's so big that you actually never achieve so you detach from the ideal of of having achieved it and you focus on the process instead so essentially it becomes a mission in life that you're working on a mission that you never actually fulfill because then you're not constantly feeling unfulfilled whilst you're striving towards this goal or when you do get there you don't feel like you need to set another one straight away and that's really the essence of of what what it's about but we expand on quite a number of different topics so everything from how to master your time to how to cultivate an attitude of gratitude how to create habits that stick which are are just four of the 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 kind of fundamentals that i think for people that want to go and do that Obviously, they've got to know where they're going. They've got to know how they're going to achieve it. So um, that, that, for me, falls under kind of the intelligent action piece. You know, there's no point in just taking action for action's sake. You know, nobody wants to be a hamster in a hamster wheel, just running really fast and not going anywhere. But then it's ensuring that that happens by having the appropriate accountability or uh, introducing the appropriate uh, habits and routines to ensure that things get done. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think for me as well, that that's where coaching comes in because, um, you know, that's kind of its forte of holding people to be accountable and holding a mirror up to someone. Um, so where you can't always see it yourself, and I'm a big advocate of even coaches should have coaches because you just can't see the wood for the tree sometimes. Um, so I know you have a few programs and, and how could someone work with you and what could they benefit from from some of those? Um. So regardless of the programs that, that we offer, essentially everything is is, is taking people along the, the same to get to the same outcome. So we want people living a life that they love. Um, we want people having absolute clarity, making sure they're taking intelligent action, having that active accountability. So the programs really depend on kind of where people are at in their journey um, as to what's going to be best suited for them. But the outcome is the same for everybody. That's that's kind of really where, where we're working towards. So if people are experiencing what I call the rift symptoms. So if they're stressed, they're overwhelmed, they're frustrated, they're depressed, they're anxious, they're unfulfilled, then we can very, very quickly and efficiently get them mastering their mindset, their productivity and efficiency to be making significant progress personally, professionally and financially. That, that's kind of really what we're helping people to to, to do. And um and, and and yeah, so there's, there's there's a few different ways from online programs to in-person programs to one on one. There's there's a real range, but uh, that that is more dependent on kind of where people are at in their journey um, as to what, what would be best suited for them. Yeah. What what would you say was one of the kind of the biggest takeaways that you've had throughout your career or the, the biggest lesson you've learned in what you do? Oh, wow. Big question. So one of them that sits with me is there's no such thing as lack of resources, just the lack of resourcefulness. So, so many people, I, I, I do my absolute best to never use the word can't. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, for, for anything. Yeah, I can't do that. It's it's always because if I won't do it, or um, and 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 that that is just an example of 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 kind of looking at things in those ways. So we want to progress and we want to move forward, and uh, and yeah, that that's really um, one of the the many things. But there have been so many. Um, yeah, I, I I really struggle to pick one. I suppose a big one is the whole concept of the North Star thinking. You know, that for me was something that it took me a, a lot of years um, to to realise because I, I I was caught in what I call when then syndrome. You know, when I achieve this goal, then I'll be happy. When I achieve that, then I'll be all right. When I get this one, then I'll be complete. You know, whatever that is. But but really having that peace and 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 focusing on the fulfilment side of things rather than the achievement side of things. That's yeah. I think is 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 a big one. Yeah, it's huge. Just to go back to what you said about can't then as well. But for me, my dad always used to say to me, "There's no such word as can't." And it was when mm. I was a teenager, I'd be like, "Yeah, but dad, there is. <laughs> there is mm. a word can't." And it never really, I never really understood it until I was ready to. And I mm. think that's a big part of learning as well is that actually some people are not quite ready yet. Would you agree with that? completely i mean a perfect example of this is reading a book you know you've got a stack of books behind you you could read any one of those books this month mm-hmm. and read the same book a year from now and it feel like a different book because where you're at at that point is different so different messages stand out to you um sometimes you even need to hear the same message just from a different messenger you know yeah. there's there's lots of there's lots of people that say the same thing but they've just said it in a slightly different way so it's not even just the timing of what you hear it can actually be the way that the same thing is said albeit in a slightly different way can make a difference yeah yeah i think that's really powerful and particularly when you apply that to the business aspect as well and there are a lot of nlp principles that fit into um you know how to do business but in your messaging, it's about making sure that you say those messages in slightly different ways over and over again, because they just won't resonate, um, you know, until certain moments in people's lives. Mm. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Do you find that when you're coaching people as well, that if they're coming up against resistance, what what's the kind of best strategy to to get around that or to get them to you know, to see a different perspective, do you have? So they're coming up against resistance with the coaching itself or coming up against resistance in their life somewhere? Well, both. I think I've come across people who said, oh, I don't, you know, I don't really like coaching. Um, I don't believe in coaching. Um, And I think it's quite an interesting um, uh, perception from them, really, because they've probably had examples where, I mean, from my HR background, I will have line managers who um, have, tried to coach someone when actually they needed an answer in that moment and wanted a mentor rather than a coach um so it's about maybe picking the right time and knowing when to coach but if people have had a negative experience that can sometimes create some resistance um absolutely you know and and not all coaching is created equal not all coaches are created equal i think that there's a lot of people that are coaching such a broad term and there are a lot of people that may think that they've been coached, but actually they were never being coached. There's an awful lot of people that think coaching is somebody telling them what to do and that absolutely isn't coaching. So 
I think a lot of people can find that they have struggled with it. I mean, for me, coaching really is just a form of communication. That's all it is. So if we if we break coaching down, coaching is a form of communication, unlike just like any other form of communication. It's it's not as simple as just asking questions, which is what a lot of other people think coaching is. There's there's a whole multitude of different components that are built built into a coaching communicate a coaching conversation. And in fact, um, so I, I train with the in, uh, an organisation that's um, sort of part of the International Coaching um, Federation, and, and they talk about the ten core competencies. And one of the ten core competencies of coaching is. Um, direct communication which is just telling people the answer sometimes so it's it's no it's neither all one or all other um i think that sometimes it's a, it's a, it's a little bit like somebody saying yeah i i really don't like pizza i just i just don't like pizza pizza doesn't work for me but they've only ever tried one pizza you know and it was um maybe it was the cold leftover pizza from the night before um maybe it was a thick pan pizza but what they haven't tried is a thin pan pizza maybe it was a meat feast but what they think they would actually what they'd really like would be a vegetarian pizza do you know what i mean like there's there's yeah, lots yeah. of different ways of looking at it and um like most things in life we we do generally if we go oh no we don't like that well how many times have we tested it you know i i, I know myself in the past you know there's been times when that doesn't work i've tried that when did you try it three years ago have you tried it again since no it won't work though okay give it a go oh yeah it worked you know so so there's there's lots of different ways of looking at different things yeah. um yeah i i mean i have this with my son so this is one of the biggest challenges for me he's seven he used to be really good at trying things eating most foods and uh, now he's got to an age where he's decided he doesn't like things so even last night we gave him um it's like chili and he said oh it's basically it's just like a beef burger but it's you know it's just in a different format and he sets it in his head that i don't like this trying to break down those barriers of well let's just try it and see because he's mm. really bought those um kind of rigid um beliefs that is, is quite hard to chip away at um i mean would you have any advice for, <laughs> for dealing with that for example in that specific scenario yeah i think children you know certainly with my son i find it difficult because he is um they're not as well, as some adults as well aren't as rational, um, you know, but it is that challenging those beliefs when they're, they're so um, stuck in their ways of I don't mm. want to try new things. It's being able to convince someone or, you know, get them to to see things differently. Yeah. One of the things, whether it's children or adults or anything else, is every single one of us have a completely unique set of values. So, you know, if you look at your finger, you know, that fingerprint that you have, Laura, is completely unique to you. No other person on the planet has your fingerprint and nobody else on the planet has your completely unique set of values. Now, at any age, it's amazing how easily we can be influenced by um, others if we think it's going to be about it. So, for example... Um, if you knew, and, and I'm not suggesting that you lie, because I'm not saying that either, but if you knew that something was the case, I don't know, let's say it was pasta, right? And you've got a, a child that doesn't like pasta, 
but what they do really like are footballers, you know, and their 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 favourite footballer is Messi, you know, and if there if there was a way of finding a, a a photo of Messi or a video of Messi eating pasta, because what their absolute dream is is they want to become a professional footballer when they're older just as an example, then you can make that association in a different way. So then it's being intrinsically driven rather than extrinsically driven. It's not, well, I want you to eat it. It's what can you say that makes them realize they want to eat it? I mean, I think the idea that your burger that you said is, 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 is quite a good idea. Obviously it didn't work maybe in that occasion, but, but um, yeah. it, it's, it's, if, if we often think about it from what, what can we, cause every single one of us have got internal drivers and internal, internal motivators. So if we can, if we can then align it with what they want, then we're going to be far more likely to get the outcome that we want. Yeah. Yeah. It's um yeah, I think that's that is so powerful and um, you know, a sad fact of um the kind of technology I suppose is that um my son quite likes watching YouTube and Minecraft videos and all these, you know, Americanized um uh yeah, videos of people playing games and things. And we kind of said, Oh, you know, in America they eat lots of this. So the people that you watch on TV, you know, they eat this. Oh, okay. I'll try it. Which was a step mm. forward. So exactly what you were saying just then, yeah, yeah, brilliant. Yeah. I want to ask you as well about um, on your website. You're pictured with Mo Gordat. Now I'm a big fan of Mo Gordat. Um, so what was working with him like? Um, I first read one of Mo's books, Sold for Happy, five or six years ago, and uh, I just loved it. I think mm. Mo's. How, if you've, for those that haven't listened to Mo's podcast, Slow Mo, and 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 sort of any have seen any of Mo's video, Mo in real life is exactly how you think he's going to be, um, and and he's just an an incredible guy. He's uh, he's he's kind. He's caring. He's like if you were to cut the guy in half, he would just bleed love. You know, he he. So yeah, he's he's a, he's a really great guy, and. Um, yeah, I've, I've I've got a lot of time for for Mo, and what he stands for, and what he's trying to do. Um, yeah. yeah, I I remember listening to. I think he was being interviewed on Stephen Bartlett's podcast, um, and I was listening to, to it in the car. Um, I was driving home, and I remember I actually had to pull the car over because I was physically streaming when he was talking mm. about um his experience with his, his son, son and everything that yeah, um. And yeah, for anyone out there who hasn't listened to the to more God more Godat story, then um, yeah, I encourage you to do so because um, it's completely inspirational. And I think it's very hard to actually turn that into something that he now wants to spread happiness. Um, you know, and he's seen that as a blessing in his life, um, which is which is just incredible. Um, so, is there anyone else that's kind of been a key? figure um in your career or anyone that you've really you would aspire to meet now um aspire to meet um there's nobody that, that particularly stands out that because i've been very fortunate that i've met a lot of the people that i i really kind of always wanted to but the, the there are dozens of people that have had an impact on my life so i um used to do an exercise a bit i haven't done it for some time now um and I would, where I'd write out a list of people that influence me, my I admire and trust. And 
on that list, I would put anybody that I look up to in some form or another. So I may not look up to them because of every area of life, but I look up to them because of how they interact in their family life, how they interact in business, maybe their wealth, maybe their relationship, whatever it would be. And then what I would do is I would have this long list of people and then I would look to learn from them at least once every 90 days. So when I say learn from them, that might be if I physically, if I knew them personally, I would go and meet them for a coffee or whatever. It might be I might listen to their podcast. I might watch them on YouTube. There'd be people that are dead, but I'd be watching old videos of theirs or listening to their their things. So so I, I would have that. And they've, like I say, dozen, literally dozens of people that have had an impact on me in some form or another which I'm extremely grateful for and I I constantly surround myself with those people either be it physically surround myself with them or virtually because I'm I've literally got them in my ears I'm watching them on videos I'm reading their books whatever it will be and um, yeah there's there's so so many but I think that there's there's a a famous um, uh, a, a famous quote um Oh, my God, who was it? Isaac Newton um, quote, which is, if I've seen further, it's because I've stood on the shoulders of giants. And I, I think that, you know, I'm, I'm constantly learning, constantly surrounding myself by great people. And, and, and that's only a result of the work that I've put in you know, and, 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 and by, by learning and being around those people and constantly trying to grow every day, I'm, I'm looking to grow. And it's funny, I, I said this on a podcast interview the other day, is that I have on Facebook, I have something called Facebook memories pop up. I don't know if you, yeah, you have yeah. that where you see stuff from you. And some of these things I look at from two, three years ago, I just cringe. I think, oh my God, what was I thinking? What was I doing? But that for me is a sign of growth, you know, it, it is that I'm, I'm seeing that that's progressing and seeing that those things are moving. So yeah. Yeah, I love that as a tip as well, because for me, one of my um, big struggles when I started the business was getting out there on the media and social media. So filming videos, even just doing this podcast. And I'm sure I'll look back in a few years time and go, oh, my goodness. But um, it is that once you've done it, you think, you know, I look back to even six months ago and things change and you progress and it's constantly pushing yourself outside of that comfort zone. Um, I play tennis as well and I think the only way I improve is to play people that are better than me um, you know, and, and up in your game and I think that's the same with the business circles as well it's just being inspired and learning from people that have been there and done it and are currently better with, Without a doubt with the, 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 the specific focus on the improvement rather than how far you've got to go Right. So rather than going, oh, but you know, if you're playing tennis, rather than so, yeah, but I've still not beat the team captain or I've still not won that thing. But if you go, yeah, but a year ago you were playing people that are three divisions below you now or whatever. So it's really important to look back at where you come from rather than like, whilst I'm all for looking forward, if we're constant, and that's the whole like beauty of the North Side, if you can kind of accept, well, I'm never going to achieve this, but you can always use the reference point of where you've been as opposed to, like, well, I'm still so X far away from where I want to be. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah, I talk about this a lot with clients in, in terms of um, success stacking. So I think it's so easy to go, oh, well, you know, this has gone wrong, that's gone wrong, and focus on the negatives because we're, we're naturally programmed to do that. 
but to actually start success stacking and saying, oh yeah, you know, this is where I've improved, this has gone well. And, and looking back over that past journey, you know, it's, it's amazing what we, the little gems that we actually find, and you know, from that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Go, going back and do it. I, I call it a boast list. So, which is, it sounds very similar, but the the word boast, well, most of us think of being boastful. We think of being arrogant and being up ourselves, but the etymology of the word boast means to inflate. So in the same way you would inflate your tires, if you overinflate your tires, it's going to burst, right? Which is to be arrogant and really boastful in the way that a lot of people think about it. But equally, what's equally as damaging as overinflating your tires is underinflating your tires. So if you haven't pumped yourself up enough and you're putting yourself down because you've not acknowledged your wins or your successes, as you've you've just said there, then that can be equally as damaging. So it's about that Goldilocks zone of you you want to have the appropriate optimum um amount of 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 uh of, of of acknowledgement of where you are and what you've done so that you're not doing yourself a disservice at either end of the spectrum yeah i, I think that's a big realization and um part of that is had in hand with we i mean i always used to worry about what people would think you know with the social media as it is we're constantly being judged and it's actually come into an appreciation of, well, there are some people who are going to like me. There are some people who will never like me. And I'm okay with that. Mm. Um, you know, and stop being critical of yourself and comparing yourself to others all the time. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Brilliant. Um, yeah, well, well, thank you so much for that, Will. It's so insightful. Um, is there anything else that you would think, you know, as somebody maybe starting um, a new business or wanting to develop their career and looking for a career change or just even go for um, promotions within work? Is there anything that you would give as a kind of top tip or where to start with things? Um. I mean, there's lots of things I could talk about, but one, one tool that would be relevant for all of those different types of people that you've said, whether it's people that are starting a business, whether it's people that are wanting to change career, progress in their career, is creating what I call the ultimate peer group. So this is essentially three different groups of people, people that are a few steps ahead of you, people that are what we call mentors, people that are a few that are around the, the kind of same stage that you are, which are peers, and people that are a few steps behind you, which is mentees. So the mentors are people that are a few steps ahead of you that you could learn and maybe save um, making the mistakes um, so that you're basically learning from their mistakes so you don't have to make them for yourself. The peers are people that are at your level that have maybe got more um, sort of on the ground accurate knowledge of what you can be doing that's really going to work, um, but equally act as a bit of healthy competition. And then you've got your mentees, people that you feel that you can give a bit back to, which kind of completes the circle from the people that you've taken the information from that your mentors. So you can be giving back and you you know that because wherever you're at in your journey, you know, there's somebody that is where you were. You know, there might be somebody today, Laura, that is thinking, sat there, oh, I'd love to start a podcast, but I've no way, no idea where to start. Or oh, I'd love to look at starting a coach, but I've no idea where all this. Oh, I'd love to think about getting into HR. I've got no idea where, like, where to start. There's all, every single one of us have got information that we take for granted that we have an ability just by sharing our own opinions and experiences can be useful for people. So that that's uh, a, a little tool. And um, some people have, 
people, but they only have one or two of the three. They haven't necessarily got all three. So if you can be looking at all three, then then that creates, like I say, what I call the ultimate peer group um, that can help for sure. Yeah, that's that's fantastic. Yeah, um, definitely a good, you know, great takeaway there. So yeah, thank you. And then just finally, we always ask for um, a book recommendation. Obviously, North Star Thinking is one of the top ones. But aside from that, is there another one that you would recommend for our listeners? Um, so many. Um, why, why don't we say, we've already mentioned Soul for Happy, which is Mo's book. Obviously, my book we've touched on. Another book that I just, I just love is called As a Man Thinketh by James Allen. It's a really quick read. I mean, on audiobook, I think the whole book's 90 minutes, if that. So on like double time speed, you can do it in 45 minutes. But it's a really, really thin book, but just full of wisdom. So yeah, As a Man Thinketh is a great book. Wow. Okay. I've just made a note of that one. And like I say, we'll put some um, notes in the show chat. So um, I know your book is available on Amazon. And yeah, we'll put a link to that as well. Um, so I just want to say thank you so so much for joining me today Will it's been really really interesting and I'm sure our listeners will gain a lot from from what you've said Um, so yeah thank you once again my pleasure my pleasure well thanks for having me Lauren and hope everybody has enjoyed listening thank you for listening we hope you enjoyed it we rely heavily on word of mouth so if you found value in this episode please hit subscribe and share it with family and friends If you'd like to find out a bit more about us, you can find us on our Facebook group, Pair Entrepreneurs Club, or alternatively on Instagram, Pair Entrepreneurs underscore club. We hope you have a great week and we look forward to talking to you next time.